today, I think, is so appropriate for what we're going to be talking about on Father's Day. Because, you know, I understand for some of us, Father's Day is a great day of celebration. You know, with, with our own families and our children, but also because of our dads and the, the impact that they had in our lives. But for many people, Father's Day is not easy. Father's Day is very difficult, whether you lost your father or you never had one to begin with or the one that you did have was abusive, whether verbally or physically or whatever the case may be. Father's Day could, could bring up some not so great feelings for many of us. And so today it is so good and so appropriate that we are talking about our Heavenly Father. And it's such an amazing and incredible illustration in the story of Joseph about how God sees us and how he acts with us, okay? And we're gonna look at four verses this morning, just four verses that tell so much of God's love for us, okay? And they, and they begin in Genesis 45, and if you remember last week, was a big moment in the story of Joseph. There was reconciliation between Joseph and his brothers. They hugged, they cried, Joseph revealed himself, and it was a big deal, okay? And so we're gonna pick up from that, starting in verse 16. And it says this, it says, the news soon reached Pharaoh's palace. Joseph's brothers have arrived, Pharaoh and his officials. Pharaoh and his officials were all delighted to hear this. Pharaoh said to Joseph, tell your brothers, this is what you must do. Load your pack animals and hurry back to the land of Canaan. Then get your father and all your families and return here to me. I will give you the very best land in Egypt and you will eat from the best that the land produces. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, tell your brothers, take wagons from the land of Egypt to carry your little children and your wives and bring your father here. Don't worry about your personal belongings for the best of all the land of Egypt is yours. Okay, so there's five things that we're gonna draw from these four verses. But what I wanna understand first, as we've been studying this story of Joseph and this person of Joseph, we, we want to study it and strive to be like Joseph. But the truth is, that we're really the brothers in this story. Have y'all noticed that, by the way? We're the brothers, all right? We, we search for love. We try and earn love, usually in the wrong places. We're vindictive. We're backbiting. We're finger pointing. We hold on to our guilt and our shame because we're too afraid to go and ask for forgiveness. That's, I don't know about y'all, but that sounds more like me than Joseph does spending time as a prisoner and a slave, and everything's fine, God, I'm still giving you the glory. I, I wish that's not me yet. I'm striving, I'm trying. But I'm a lot more like the brothers than I am Joseph in this story. And this is what is so incredible about these four verses is the reaction between Pharaoh and the brothers. And the first thing that I want to point out is that when Pharaoh hears that Joseph's brothers are there, it says that he was delighted to hear this, Okay? Pharaoh was delighted to hear that Joseph's brothers were there. And here's what I want to say to you all, and listen to me please this morning. God is so delighted when you come into his presence. He is so delighted to be with you. And it's not about, listen, the thing that we have to understand about these, these brothers, and we'll see it towards the end, is they are not a finished product. They are still a mess. And still, as they come in to Pharaoh's kingdom, it says that Pharaoh was delighted. He was delighted to see them. God delights in us all the time. And listen, here, here's the thing. As a father, I would love to say 
that I am just delighted to be with my children all the time. But you know, the truth is, every night at bedtime, I'm ready for bedtime, you know, because I'm tired and I'm cranky too, and I need a break. You know why? Because I'm not a perfect father. As much as I love them, and I love my daughters like crazy, at the end of the night, it's like, whoa. Do you know that God never feels like that with us? He's never tired. He's, he's never cranky over the long day and maybe the behavior that we had. He is always, every second of every minute of every hour of every day that we will live on the face of this earth, he is delighted when we are in his presence. That's how he feels about you. Don't let the enemy ever tell you otherwise. That because of whatever you did that day or that week or whatever your, the rest of your life looked like beforehand, in this moment, right now, on this Sunday morning, as we entered into worship, he was delighted to hear the praises of his people. He loved hearing you sing to him. As imperfect as your week might have been and as off-key as you might have sang, it doesn't matter. He is delighted. This is what the Bible says in Zephaniah 3.17. The Lord your God is in your midst. The mighty one will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He rejoices over you with gladness. Think about that. It's a little backwards if you really consider it. But God delights in you and he rejoices over every single one of us with gladness because he is a perfectly perfect heavenly father. Psalm eighteen nineteen. David says this, says he also brought me out into a broad place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. God delivers us, not because we earn it, right? Not because we, we drew the, the winning ticket, but because he delights in us and he wants to have a relationship with us and we are his children and he is our father and he is our perfect father. It doesn't matter what your earthly dad looks like to you, no matter how great or how absolutely terrible he might've been. You have a perfect heavenly father that delights in you and wants to spend every moment of every day with you. And it's not about getting your act together because those brothers were far from it. And check this out. This is, this, is, oh, this is amazing. This is a revelation from the Holy Spirit right here. It says in verse 17 and verse 19, it said, Pharaoh said to Joseph, tell your brothers. And it says it again in verse 19, tell your brothers, Joseph, this. As I was reading that, it, it was just this light bulb moment. Oh my gosh. Pharaoh is saying this because he doesn't speak the same language as the brothers. Pharaoh is Egyptian. The brothers are Hebrew, right? And so there is a disconnect in language there. And so what Pharaoh has to do is he has to find a mediator that speaks both languages to tell the brothers what to do. Do you know where I'm going with this? God speaks a different language than us, y'all. And he speaks to us in our own language and with the word of God, and we can speak to him and sing to him in these words, but I'm telling you, in reality, the language that God speaks over us and to us and about us and about this whole world is different than what we speak because his language is perfect. His language is a perfect love that we can't fully comprehend. And so what he did as God and our father is he sent a mediator to speak to us and tell us how much he loves us. He said, I can't do it. Jesus, you gotta go. You gotta go to this because they're never gonna get it. They don't speak my language. 
They're never gonna understand how much I love them unless you go and you tell them for me because we don't speak the same language. And so what I need you to do, Jesus, is go and be with them. Be the word in flesh. And I need you to not just say it, but I need you to show them on the cross that I love them. But I can't say it because they're not gonna get it. It's too perfect. It's too perfect. It's a language that they don't know. So just like Joseph was the mediator between Pharaoh and the brothers, Jesus is the mediator between God and us so that we can understand and come together this love that he has for each one of us. But if we try and understand it on our own, we never will because it's a love that we cannot fathom. It's a love that we simply don't know. We're too selfish. It's mixed up in sin. And so as much as we love people and love each other and love our family, it's nothing compared to how much he loves you. It's not even close. So he had this in Jesus. And then on top of that, what Jesus did, and this is why the importance of the Holy Spirit in, in, in being baptized in the Holy Spirit and with, with the evidence of speaking in tongues is so important because that's the language that we can talk to God about. That is full and clear. And if you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues, you need to be because that's the language that ultimately connects us to God. But I don't understand it. I don't know what's coming out of my mouth. You don't need to know. God knows. And that's the language that he speaks because it's from his spirit. God speaks a different language than us, y'all. We can talk about love till the cows come home and we'll never really know until we fully surrender. But he gave us Jesus to not just tell us, but to show us to be beaten and bruised, mocked, spit at, live a perfect life. Think about this, y'all. Jesus had siblings and he lived a perfect, anyone have siblings in here? All right, he lived a perfect life with siblings for us. Hung on a cross with nails in his arms and his legs, crown of thorns on his head, suffocating with every breath, every time he pushed up on his feet. Because God was saying they need to see it because they're never gonna get it otherwise. I don't speak their language of love. So Pharaoh's delighted to see him. He has to use an interpreter because he doesn't speak the same language. And then he says this. He says, hurry. He says, hurry. Here's what you need to do. Go home, get all of your stuff, get your dad and do it quickly. Hurry, because I want you to come back to me. I don't want you to be gone long. And, and listen, if I'm being completely honest with you all, there's been times when I'm standing on this stage where I feel really helpless. I feel really helpless because I feel, I'm, I'm saying everything that I can, but at some point it's out of my hands. I can't make any of you get out of your seat. I mean, I could try, but it wouldn't be pretty. But it wouldn't be the same either. I can't make anyone in here make the decision to follow Jesus. It is, it is yours and yours alone. And, and as, I, as, as I'm standing here right now, I know that I know that I know that there are some in here and some that are watching online that are being hesitant to receive what God has for each and every one of us and has for you. And we hesitate and we come up with all sorts of different reasons and all sorts of different excuses. And what God's saying is, hurry, hurry, come on. We've got a life to live together. I wanna be your dad. I want to be your heavenly father. What are you waiting for? Hurry, hurry to me, come to me, run to me. 
It doesn't say take your time. It doesn't say think about it. Come on, let's go. You know why? Because God is confident in himself. And though you might not understand it, he's saying, don't worry, you will. You will, but you need to hurry. What are you waiting for? I, I love this right here. This was uh, from a commentary I read this week about how, the, how Pharaoh told them to go get all the, you know, take these carts, take these carts back to Canaan and bring all your stuff back, ride in these carts. And this is what it says about that. It says, to return to Canaan with carts from Egypt was the cultural equivalent of landing a jumbo jet among a tribe of isolated savages. It would be the stuff legends are made of. That's what was happening to these brothers as they went back to Canaan. They were taking a jumbo jet from Egypt back to Canaan. And it was the stuff that legends were made of. It's almost like beyond winning the lottery. But let me say this. The riches that God has and that he wants to pour over you, both now and especially in heaven, are really the things that legends are made of. The love that he has for you, the testimonies that are waiting for you in your life, and then what we get to enjoy for eternity in heaven that I'm not even going to try to explain are the stuff that legends are made of. But you know what we do? We hesitate. We say, I don't want the jumbo jet. I'm going to ride my rusty old bike with a, with a flat tire instead because that's what I know. That's what I'm familiar with. And that's what I can control. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hesitate to get on the jumbo jet that you're flying that's comfortable and has all sorts of good food and all that good stuff. And I'm just going to ride my busted up, broken down, rusty beach cruiser of a bike. Because that's what I know. Pharaoh says, leave all your stuff behind. Hurry to me. Leave everything there because what awaits for you on the other side is so much better than what you have and what you know. So why? Why do we hesitate? We should take God up on his word and hurry and run to him. Full sprint onto that jumbo jet. And let him take us where he wants to take us because he is a perfect, perfect father. And the love that he has for each one of us in here is a perfect love. And here's the thing about all that. The reason that we hesitate, I was going to come up with this long list, you know. Well, let's let's lift off the, list off the reasons why we hesitate and don't trust God. But there's really only one reason that I could think of at least. And that's fear. We are afraid. We are afraid of losing control. We are afraid of being exposed. We're ashamed. We're judged. Whatever it might be. We're afraid of what the other side looks like. And what we're really saying is we're afraid of the jumbo jet. So we're staying on the bike. And that's why we hesitate. Guys, let's not hesitate. Let's hurry into his presence. That's what I love about this church. When we start in worship, you know, there's not a, there's not a lot of, hey, let's wait and see what the third song's like before I start singing, you know. I love this church. I love worshiping in this church because we just, okay, what's the first song? Okay, let's go. Let's go. Why wait until the third song 
when we have the first song? Why wait? 1 John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love. But perfect love, listen, y'all, drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We're afraid to be punished. We're afraid of all sorts of different things. But here's the thing. If we just take that step, we can overcome that fear of letting go and trusting God, our heavenly perfect father. You know what happens? That fear that we had before is no more because God's perfect love is on us and it casts it out. It says, uh-uh, I don't speak the language of fear. I don't speak that language. Maybe you do, but I don't. And you're mine now. You're mine. And I bought you at a high price. You know what drives me crazy as a dad is when I try so hard to get my girls to do something that I know that they are going to love. And they don't do it because they're afraid. I think I, I might have told this story before. It's only taken a year and a half for me to start retelling stories up here. Um, but my oldest, like, she didn't like bacon at one time in her life. Can you imagine that? The horror of not liking bacon and being afraid to try it. And I would sit at the table in the morning. Try it. It will change your life. I have little tears coming down as I'm like nibbling on the end. It's so good. Just taste and see that it is good. She goes, I don't want to. I'm afraid. And then one day, after I don't know how long it took. It took a long time. Wasted time. Time that she could have been enjoying bacon. <laughs> One day, she took a bite of that bacon. You know what? It was good. And there was no more fear of eating bacon ever again, to the point now where if like, she even hears it crackling in the house, like coming down, bacon, bacon, you know? I'm, I'm trying to like ration it. Yo, get out of here. It's my bacon. But she tasted and it was good. And so once she tasted and saw that it was good, there was no more fear of trying it. It wasn't the next day, well, is this batch going to be any good? What brand is that? No, it's just bacon. I'm going to eat it, right? And it's true with all of us. I mean, we all have, you know, those moments with our kids, whether, you know, sometimes it's swimming in a pool, just jump, jump to me, jump to me. I uh, convinced my six-year-old uh, to go on Tower of Terror uh, not too long ago. Not as smart as because it actually broke in the middle of it, pitch black. That wasn't smart. But, uh, you know, there are moments when, we know that there's good things for our kids that we just want them to try because it'll make life better. How much more so, y'all? How much more so God's love and his covering for us? And I know that is exactly what he is feeling and saying to us when we hesitate to follow him, when we hesitate to trust in him and not hurry to him and we're more concerned with our own things. He's going, no, just try it. It's so good. My love for you is so good. My covering for you is so good. My forgiveness over you is so good. My patience, my provision, my protection, my healing, my everything that I have for you is so good. Just try it. Just try it guarantee you that that fear that you had before will be gone like that because you're going to taste and you're going to see that he is good. Let's stand up. Man, come on up.
Hmm, hallelujah. I told you that the brothers weren't finished products. And we see that four verses later in Genesis 45, 24. It says, so Joseph sent his brothers off. And as they left, he called after them, don't quarrel about all this along the way. Joseph knew exactly what his brothers were like. They were not a finished product. They were in the presence of Pharaoh, the most important, powerful man in the world. And they just got all this stuff put on them. Amazing things given to them. They saying, look, when you leave here, don't go fighting with each other. All right, don't go messing this up. And truthfully, y'all, this could be a sermon, <laughs> is one verse in and of itself for the church right now. Don't quarrel with each other. Don't fight with each other. God as our heavenly father has given us the most amazing things. And when we're in here in the mornings on Sunday morning, we receive it. But the truth is we go home, we start quarreling with each other, start fighting with each other. And Joseph's telling his brothers, don't do that. Just enjoy it. Just enjoy this thing, this blessing that we've given you. Let's enjoy it, y'all. Let's lift each other up. Let's lift up the churches on every corner and pray for them as we drive by them. Let's pray for our community and not fight with them, but lead them to what we are so privileged to know. And that is a God who loves us, even though we are still a work in progress. Man, we serve a good God. For those in here that are hesitating, maybe you're saved, maybe you've received Jesus, but whatever in your life, you're just hesitating. You can't quite do it. Take the step today. Listen to what Pharaoh told those brothers. Hurry, hurry, hurry to me. Stop hesitating. The time is now. This is the day that the Lord has made. Not tomorrow, not the next day. Those have worries of their own, but let's take advantage of this moment that we're in right now and not hesitate and run to Jesus and take him at his word that he is our perfect father and that he sent the ultimate mediator, Jesus, his son, to show us that, to speak the language for us, to be the example and to be the sacrifice so that we can believe and trust in God when he says that he loves us. Let's not hesitate anymore, y'all. What's the point? It's wasted time. It is wasted time. There is a jumbo jet in your driveway ready for you to get on. And God wants to take you on the ride of your life. So throw the bike away and let's upgrade, amen? So we're gonna sing this song again. We're closing worship and wherever you're at, the altar is open. If you need to come here, just give those things to the Lord. If you need to make that decision for the very first time, if you've been hesitant to receive God's love for you, to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, listen, now's the time. It's right now. We don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what happens when we leave this place. Don't pass up this opportunity. Nothing is guaranteed. What is guaranteed is the second that we say, Jesus, come into my heart and be Lord of my life. We got a ticket to heaven. We got a place at the table in heaven where the stuff of legends are made. 
do you want to go? Now's the time. All you have to say is, Lord, Jesus, come into my heart and be Lord of my life. I just want to, get, I just want to leave space right now for you to do that. If that's you this morning, if that's you watching online, that's all you have to say. It's a simple prayer. Jesus, come into my heart and be Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you are a good father. And Lord, I just pray right now for those especially that don't have a great dad. And whatever situation that looks like, God, I just want to pray for all those in here, those that have lost a dad, those that this day is a little harder. I pray, Jesus, right now that you would cover them with your love and that they would be reminded in this moment that they have a heavenly father who gave of his son so that we could be called children of God. God, I pray that you would just speak words of life into them, that you would silence every lie of the enemy that says that they're less, less valued or forgotten. God, that you would remind them that no, 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 even before they had an earthly dad, you knit them in their mother's womb. and You are their heavenly father. God, I pray that you would forgive all of us, Jesus, that have been hesitating because we're afraid. Or we just confess there are times when we're afraid and we shouldn't be, but we are. And we're trying to work on it, Lord. But right now in this moment, God, we, we run to you. We hurry to you and we leave our stuff behind. God, right now we just run to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you came down here to speak the language of our Father that says, I love you, that I'm for you, and I'm not against you, and that I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. Thank you for that language of love over us.